Today's episode of the podcast is brought to you by Cisco at Honda of Salem. He's given amazing discounts. End of the year, they're trying to get rid of their 2019 inventory and make room for the 2020 models. If you're wanting to trade in your car, which I just got a, recently got a new car. Shout out to my mom. It's freaking dope. Uh, it's such a good feeling to have a new car. So if you're thinking about getting a new car, you should go check out Ask for Cisco on Facebook or Instagram. You can give them a call at 971 218 0295. And if you tell him that we sent you, he'll give you like an extra special secret discount, which is incredible. Only for the listeners of the little pod that could. Um, so yeah, he's right off of the, he's at the Honda off of the Salem Parkway. Go check him out. In today's episode of the Little Pod That Could, we go a little deep, we go a little dark. We talk about Jeffrey Epstein case, and I know Little Pod That Could is kind of about stories. This is the story of what's happening in our country right now and sort of how this issue sort of is a microcosm and sort of, man, I just said sort of a lot, but how it talks about and it's a reflection of how we're dealing with issues as a society. Um yeah, it's not light and fluffy, but I thought the I think the conversation is important, and it was one that we had been talking about having for a while. So um, I was thankful to have it on there, have this conversation on here. Be really curious to know what you think about it. I've been getting some DMs from people, and we mentioned that at the beginning of the pod. People saying they enjoyed the pod, or you know, had disagreements with the wrestling lists we made and whatnot. So uh, we'd love to hear all that feedback. Also, we're just a little you know we're the little pod that could so any like anyone you could tell about the podcast maybe share your favorite episode probably not this one but uh you know if you could do that that would be super helpful uh get the word out it's kind of cool like to see people that we don't know that are like hey i started listening to the pod it's really cool so anyway if you wouldn't mind please share if you haven't reviewed uh the podcast yet on whatever platform you listen on that's always helpful because the better your reviews are and the more reviews you get Though it'll hit the algorithm and then, you know, Apple or Google Play or Stitcher or whatever will share that pod and help you get uh, new audience members. So, yeah, I don't ask that often, but I probably should. Thank you for listening, though. If you are listening, appreciate it. And if you wouldn't mind, give us a share, you know, tell someone about it, like us, subscribe, whatever. Give us a review. Appreciate it. Without further ado, here's the pod. All right, welcome to the little pod that could. Uh, I've got Max with me again today. Max, how you doing? Good, good. good. How are you? I'm good. All I'm right. good. I'm feeling a little energized mm-hmm. from the previous pod. We've had some good responses. I've been getting some DMs, some messages, letting us know people are watching. We had a conversation with a friend at work. Which was great. That was awesome. He sided with you, said the dead man was number one, which, you know. No brainer. I mean, I wouldn't say no brainer. I mean. But... I mean, he knew his stuff. Uh, he did. He, he, he really did. Stuff. We might have to bring him on. Yeah, definitely. He proposed doing a WCW ranking, which was not a bad idea. Um, today's episode is a little, it's a different one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, normally we're going to be like pop culture, fun stuff. Like, this is cool. We'll rank these lists. But I did kind of feel like I wanted to talk about this thing we're going to talk about today is Jeffrey Epstein thing. Um, because it isn't 
pop culture. Mm. And I've had two people that are like in their mid twenties hit me up and like, because well, I was posting some of the memes that were floating around about it. Oh, okay. And I had them ask me kind of like, hey, what is this Jeffrey Epstein thing? Like, what does that even mean? Like, who's who is he? Like, what's going on? And uh, so anyway, I was like, man, we should really talk about it on the pod and just kind of go through that. But um, yeah, and then I talked to you about it. You were down. You're a conspiracy theory oh. <laughs> <laughs> expert. You go on some deep dives looking at conspiracy yeah. theories, right? I mean, for the most part, I want to say deep dives. Okay. But I mean, I definitely, you know, it's just it's just good to question everything, I think. Right. And this has lots of questions. Oh, my There's course. lots of questions yes. about this. Um, so I thought maybe what would make sense to do would be to it's hard to even say like lay out the facts of the case because it's hard to even say like what are the facts Mm -hmm. but i thought maybe like kind of explain the story for people because a lot of what i'm getting especially from millennials is like what is this even about yeah i don't even know what it is it's very surface level for sure so um but yeah so we should lay out the facts do you want to talk about like what what we know Mm, yeah i'm cool with that okay tell me what tell me what you know well i know jeffrey epstein okay so I guess we can start. Dang, when do I start? I guess we could just, I mean, because I know it's quite a bit, at least as far as like following like the whole situation, I guess you could say. Right. Uh, okay, so essentially Epstein was arrested uh, earlier this year. So to start, though, he was a billionaire. He was a billionaire. Right. Um, if we want to go back, back, we can start way back, like his original, like how he, okay, so essentially, um, he first started, I believe, as uh, a math teacher, actually. Yeah, yeah I did yeah. read that, too. A math teacher. Um, he got into investing, investing in uh, banks, and then he eventually made his own firm. Yeah, Something so he so was working at Bear Stearns, which mm, is like one that's of the right. biggest like Moved banking. up really quickly, then straight from there, he made up a firm. Um, and then after a while, he essentially just had... I think his only clients were if they made over a billion. That's the only one. Yeah, that. exactly. Just, I mean, that's unbelievable. So, but the weird thing that's come out about it is that like, there's a lot of people that were in the financial sector that were like, we're not sure how he's made his money. Like, he's supposedly managing all these firms, but none of us have ever done a deal with him. Yes. Like, none of us. You know what I mean? Because in those circles, those people all kind of run together, so they sort of know like who the movers and shakers mm-hmm. are. And so here was this guy with a ton of money that no one really knew how he had all this money. And he, like, wouldn't divulge his client list. You know, he said that was private. And then, um, and no one had ever really done any kind of business with him. So everyone was kind of like, how, you know, and then he was friends with the creator of Victoria's Secret. Really? Yeah, that's the guy who, like, gave him the island, I think. Oh, Virgin Island, right. Gave him, well, it's It's in the Virgin (laughs) Island. It's kind of an ironic choice. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah. there's a lot of there's some mystery surrounding how he made his money mm-hmm. and what he actually did um and what the stuff i was the research i was doing there was a lot of people that were being interviewed that knew him that were saying you know the people that have as much money as him usually are working you know they said 26 hours a day you know like they're always working and that guy was like always playing 26 hours a day mm-hmm. like he wasn't ever he didn't ever appear to be working Dude, a bill. I'm just. I can't like a billion dollars. Yeah. We can't even comprehend a million. Like our mind actually cannot comprehend. A, and a billion is a uh, hundred million. No, I think it's a thousand. A dude, thousand no, million. Why are you making this sound stupid? Sorry. Dude. I think it's a thousand millions. Like I said, I can't comprehend a billion. 
<laughs> I'm pretty sure it's a thousand million. It was just an absurd uh, amount of money, and like with him being affiliated with people like Bill Clinton, mm-hmm. right? Trump, Prince Andrew, like yeah, with Kevin people, Spacey, Kevin, Chris Rock, like yeah, he's got ties to a number of people. Um. Okay. So anyway, so back to the facts of the case. Mm, so we right, know he's right. he's a billionaire. Mm-hmm. Like we don't not really sure where he got his money, but he rolled with some powerful people. Okay. And then what else? He, so I guess we can get into the part where he gets in trouble. I believe in 2008, seven, seven, he yeah. got arrested. Yes. Um, served uh, over about a little over a year in the county 13 jail. 13 months. 13 months. Um, and then he. But wait, uh, wait, back up, back uh, up. Back up. Do you know why he got in trouble? Like what he got in trouble for? Um, I know that he was, he's a convicted sex offender from that. Right. So he was, he was trafficking young girls. And he, but not necessarily trafficking, like he was abusing and molesting. It's like they believe it's at least 80 girls now. Yeah, which is insane. And he went to jail for 13 months, right? So, like, in and of itself, that's sketchy. And part of what happened was so, I mean, we're getting into, I'm kind of jumping ahead. But in that time, the attorney general of Florida, his name was Alexander Acosta who later became Trump's labor secretary, was the one who brokered that deal for him. He was a, like, Epstein's defense attorneys worked with the attorney general at the time to get that reduced sentence. I mean, I don't know anybody, if you're accused of molesting 80 underage girls, I don't know anybody who's going to jail for 13 months. They're going, so supposedly what the FBI said is they had a 53-page document at the time that they thought could put him away for life. Which it should have. And instead, yeah, of course. And instead, he does 13 months. 13 months. See what I mean? So, like, right off the bat, like, when you really dig into that, you start to go, okay, what what is going on? Like, from the get, you know, he's got this cloud of mystery around him regarding how he even has all this money. And then he gets caught, you know, molesting and raping these young girls. And then he goes to jail for 13 months? And in those 13 months, I believe he had uh, a type of work release where he yeah, was like... it was like a light sentence. Very light. I yeah. think he had... I think it was five days, and then he was going for a date or something like that, which right. was... I and mean... They said supposedly he was molesting girls while he was out. No. Yeah. It's crazy. Wow. All right. Anyway, continue. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, what else can we talk about this guy? Jeez Louise. So, 2007, he gets slapped on the wrist mm-hmm. for doing this. So, then he, he... Why does everyone learn his name? He, it was, that re- oh, uh, I believe after that, because people were so angry about this, like, very lenient sentence, I believe some, uh, Julie Brown uh, was an investi- investigative reporter, and she did, like, a very bit, like, I mean, for a while, she was getting as much evidence as she could, mm-hmm. um, and then that's how that number came out with the 80, I believe it was 34 confirmed at the time, and then um, they located around 60, and then, like, that number eventually rose and kept going, and so it was 80. Uh, from there, then he was somewhere, I think July of this year, uh, he was, uh, was it convicted? No, he was in jail awaiting trial when he died. He died in August, like August 10th. So, but he had been arrested and he was, he was, um, accused of sex trafficking. So they were saying that he was, cause he had a private island, which no one knew exactly how he obtained, how he was able to pay for it. But he owned an island, and there, and he was like flying these powerful people into his island to have sex with these underage girls. 
It's crazy. And supposedly what I've heard, and this isn't from the research I did today, so I don't know how reliable it is, but supposedly he had security cameras like all over the island. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, like these people that were coming there and doing these things, he had all of this dirt on them and stuff that could ruin their career. Like, you know, Prince Andrew, like Mm -hmm. his career is essentially ruined now. Um, But so there was some, there was people were a little bit afraid of him, the powerful people that yes. were running in those circles. And the crazy thing was, so I, as I was doing the research, the people that are tied to him, obviously Clinton flew on his plane 26 confirmed times, you know, which, and you know, if you look back at Bill Clinton's history, like <laughs> Not he, was, a very... <laughs> he was a freak, you yeah. know, he was down to, you know, he cheated on Hillary multiple times. And there, you know, like that was the big thing when he was president, like, all these women came forward saying that he had been sexually inappropriate or they'd had sex with him. And so, I mean, to, to picture him flying to an Island 26 times to have sex with young girls, like that's not that big of a stretch. Hopefully I don't die. It seems like anywhere across the Clintons get killed. So if I get killed, start, start there. But, um, <laughs> you know, like that's, it's a, I mean, it's to me, it's not a huge stretch of the imagination to say, okay, that probably happened. Yeah. No, not you by know? means. Of course not. And like with him, Get setting up all those video cameras on the island. It wasn't just his island too. It's like tons of his houses. Right. Ones in Manhattan, right? right? Like New York, all that kind of stuff. So with that, like he would essentially lend these girls to these powerful people in order to kind of integrate himself with that kind of like whatever society kind of group they're in, and then from there obtain that kind of blackmail. Like they're when they did that raid, they found like, like I mean dozens and dozens of these videos that basically were like, uh, young whatever name with uh, plus whatever the person had right so and like, what i don't understand is why are they i mean are they still pursuing that like just because he's dead like i mean he basically has proof of crimes being mm-hmm. committed on film yeah when it would have come out i mean it could we probably won't know for a while or of honestly if anything because i mean money talks right so of it's course. like when you know like it's crazy to me that the president of the united states is tied to this guy you know and no one's like they brought it up initially and he like distanced himself yeah, from it yeah. and no one asked more questions and that's i think so the big thing that i've been seeing well first of all i don't want to get into that yet mm-hmm. but i more of the powerful people so as i was doing research and there's some stuff in here that like it takes someone old like me to know you're like holy shit what so like alan dershowitz who was one of the one of oj's uh defense lawyers mm-hmm. he's at harvard he's one of the most famous lawyers in the country and like seen as a legal expert was defending epstein in this case yeah and was tied to him as like someone that may have wow. been on that island, you know, a time or two. And then also Kenneth Starr, who a lot of people won't know, he was when Bill Clinton, when they were trying to impeach President Clinton, he was the lead prosecutor. So like the Mueller report that's going on right yeah. now, he was the that was the Starr report. Whoa. That was yeah. So it's crazy. Like I'm like, dang, here's this guy that was like, oh, the president's been immoral, and he's this, you know. But it's like that's. That's part of the hypocrisy of these powerful people is that he can talk about how inappropriate Clinton was and he was this bad human for having an affair. Meanwhile, he's defending a serial pedophile. You know what I mean? And it's crazy to me, like, the you know, and there's, like, Kevin Spacey. Mm -hmm. That's not a shocker. Yeah. You know, I mean, um, so, like, to see the amount of powerful people... And yet no one is asking the questions of what's going on, you know, and that kind of leads to, you know, I had an interesting conversation with my mom about it and she's, you know, 
a baby boomer. I will put her in that category. <laughs> baby boomer. And, you know, I've been talking to millennials and baby boomers, and I'm kind of in the middle of that group about this, and it's been really interesting to see their reaction. And you're a millennial kind of mm-hmm. in that, that age yeah. group. And to me, it seems like millennials are more confused. They're like, wait a minute. Why is nothing? Why is no one asking questions mm-hmm. about this? Mm-hmm. You know, you're trying to tell me that he died, so we didn't talk about that. So he's in prison, mm. awaiting trial. He, in air quotes, commits suicide, and it comes out that the video cameras at the time stopped working, and the two guards were falsifying documents. Oh, they, they also they actually fell asleep. Yeah, they That's fell supposedly. asleep and they were searching the internet, so they didn't do any checks, and so. All of this combination together, and then he ends up killing himself. Which, I mean, it, it seems like that'd be like what you would do in a movie. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Like that really wouldn't happen in real life. So there was a lot of speculation that so, someone killed him. Like, I mean, if he's tied to all these powerful people and he can bring all these people down, why wouldn't someone try to take him out? And if they are powerful enough to, like, hide, like, you're trying to tell me they can't get into the prison and kill some random pedophile like of course they can so um you know the the people your age to me have been mostly confused like why is no one Mm -hmm. pursuing this like why are they not trying to expose everybody that was a part of this and they're like confused at why this has happened but yet my mom was just like he's a pedophile who cares you know let him burn in hell and i'm like well yeah but (laughs) let him burn in hell after he tells on everyone else you know what i mean like let's really get let's mm-hmm. you know not just kill the the one but let's get the whole group there mm-hmm. you know what i mean and so it was interesting though because she was like what does it matter you know why does this matter and the millennials are saying like i don't understand this like this is confusing to me and yet society is trying to push both sides to like everything's about mm-hmm. a side right like you're either democrat or republican you're either a millennial or a baby boomer and both of those whichever side you're on you're supposed to not like the other side yeah and uh, that's what i was telling my mom is i think that that is why this is an important issue because the the people in power and i don't call them leaders because they're not leaders no they, they're not leaders at all but what they are seeking to do is to divide yes because if we're united and we're, we're exactly. acting as one exactly. one entity they're in trouble they no longer have the power and so but what they do is they you know oh well you know millennials this and baby boomers that and they and then both sides jump on each other like yeah yeah, yeah. but that's the that's what they want exactly exactly what they want so but the thing with that why does it matter and i guess the broader implications of something like that is like there is definitely the possibility of like an international pedophile ring, right? There's like sure. a lot of information. There's a lot of gray areas that we don't really know about. And the most interesting thing to me is the how cross-generational this whole matter is. Like, uh, I mean, both sides. Usually it's like one or the other kind of thing. But this is like, I mean, we'll get, we'll touch on this later about the memes and like everything that's come out of this. Like, mm-hmm. it's it should be something big. And I think it really does matter as far as... Uh, understanding why they would want to divide us over something like this um, not trying to i don't want to say we're trying to disregard him being a pedophile or anything like that but again it's like the broader like the more yeah it's a it's a symptom of bigger mm-hmm. bigger issue mm-hmm. and the thing for me that and that you know you bring that up there's a couple things that 
people in power are still trying to understand how to deal with because you know they for a long time in the you know 50s and 60s and 70s they were able to kind of control the narrative because they controlled the news and people didn't realize that the news was basically just another TV show that was driven by ratings and those ratings produced ad revenue and so the thing to do was to make sure you had the most you know engaging news but it didn't mean that it was the truth or mm-hmm. that it was being reported fairly and honestly. And so it took a while for people to understand that. And then the internet blew up everything because now they totally, they were able to control that. They, it was centralized, but the internet decentralized everything. And so then they weren't able to control it as easily. And I think they've had trouble now because things like Joe Rogan's podcast, where before you could only go to like three sources for your news. Now there's, unlimited sources and someone like Rogan who has a massive following like hundreds of millions of downloads I think every year wow you know he has a platform now so when he starts talking about things like this which he's you know fortunately hasn't been corrupted by the money and all this he's still kind of talking about things like this Um, you know like when he starts talking about that his audience is listening and willing to ask the questions that society is trying to sweep under the rug and so what they haven't figured out is that the internet has made it possible for people to communicate at scale and it's causing them to it's not as easy now for them to hide the stuff they were doing in the past Mm -hmm. they're trying to they're trying to wrap that internet up for sure they're really trying to like grapple it in and make sure because uh, the creator, I believe this is really off topic, but yeah. the, the creator that basically created the World Wide Web is essentially trying to not have everything decentralized. Right. Because, like, in the long, long term, like, I mean, as far as, like, um, uh, social score, how China has. Right. Um, I mean, that's it could be, like, a possibility for us just because the Internet... Well, and like explain what the social score is for so people social, that aren't really So ba- essentially what it is, is um, in China what they're doing is, uh, I don't know how fully implemented this is, but I know that uh, essentially what they're doing is that they're getting your social score. So the, from what I mean by that is like your social media or maybe um, people you know, um, your like your bank account, et cetera, all that kind score. of stuff. All of that. They're basically creating like a scoring system for how good. It's like a video game. Mm-hmm. Like the, your, It's like your character's. Like how good your character is in a yeah. video game, essentially, and right? So, yeah, and so but there's it's like you. yeah, and there's like jobs you can't get if right. it's not high enough. Well, it's a lot of it's just like it's really dystopian, kind of like weird stuff going on. Uh, but I mean, again, like it's not that far down the line. If if the internet's going the way it is, like monopolies, et cetera, however mm-hmm. that looks like, it's I mean, that's insane. Well, it, it's interesting too because the people that are trying to wrap the internet up are also the people that are asking Mark Zuckerberg how Facebook's making money because it's free, you oh, know? Yeah. Like, the, like I mean, Orrin Hatch, who's in, I think in his 80s, has asked Mark Zuckerberg in the hearing, how does Facebook make money if it's free? Like, it's crazy that, you know... So out of touch. So out of touch, and, like, not even, like, you don't have any aides that could tell you that? You don't have people that would prepare you for that? Like, how is that even, you know... But at the same time, then so then you have people like Zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey and these guys that own these massive platforms, and they are you know like Zuckerberg trying to create his own cryptocurrency, and you know I mean they're trying to find ways to extend their reach, you know, and it's yeah man, it's it's kind of scary to think about, 
you know, because they've they've garnered this attention and you know data. Have you seen that documentary? I think it's called The Greatest Hack on Netflix. Um, no, but I do know the artist. I did a lot of the uh, like the like the cyber kind of like oh, really? transitions and stuff. Yeah, I was just like going through my Instagram and then he was posting some screenshots. Oh shit! And then yeah, so I was like, that's cool. I haven't actually seen it though. So kinda... yeah, it's really disturbing, and people should watch it because the story needs to get out. It's basically about Cambridge Analytica and how they basically swung the election for Trump. And how they targeted that, and what they like the strategies they were using to target these these voters, and it's it's intense, man, to see like how they're using data, you know, to basically get what they want to create the systems that they want, create the outcomes that they want, and they're just manipulating people mm-hmm. with their data. Yeah, social media engineering. I mean, we can go on and on about that, but I, that's just like I think that's probably one of the biggest, uh, I would say, threats uh, to not humankind, but I mean, like the the general populace, like society in whole, because uh, you can do so much with it. I mean, like literally. Right, and it's crazy because it's like, it's also super helpful. Like, I mean, if you look at the advancements that are taking place in like science and medicine, like it's crazy how fast things are are getting better and progressing and that's because communication is so much easier now between you know great minds or whatever so i mean there is like there's a benefit to it too there's good stuff that's happening but it's also like man i don't know and and i don't know what the answer is because i don't believe in big government and i don't think government coming in like i don't trust the government to like monitor that so why do we want that you know but mm-hmm. then it's like if you just leave it to its own devices like that's could be dangerous too keep your hands out of my pocket <laughs> so anyway i don't really know we took a really long or really uh we're getting we, into of course we stopped talking about jeffrey epstein that's right talking about, but here's basically what i was saying is that you know there's it seems to be two schools of thought and what's been interesting to me is that my mom's generation is so used to having people in positions of power lie to them that she's kind of like, eh, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, and I think that's part of the reason it hasn't been as, not as many people are talking about it because people in her generation aren't asking those questions because it's like, well, this is sort of what they do. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. And then I think younger people are confused by what's happening, but they don't really know how to express that in the way that, we're used to. Mm-hmm. So what they do instead is, you know, there was that military vet on Fox News was being just interviewed. Out. And he just says, yeah, and at the end of it, he says, yeah, and Epstein didn't kill himself, you know. And that kind of became a thing. People started doing that mm-hmm. in the in in live interviews. People just, just started saying that. And it's really interesting because that, it's almost like their way of like continuing the conversation. The memes yes. are a way of continuing, like continuing to put this forward. Like, why is no one asking mm-hmm. the questions about this? And I feel like it's the way they they know how to get attention. You know, mm-hmm. it's a way they know how to communicate at scale, and so they're using that to sort of push the narrative forward. And I think it's a good thing, of course, because. I think we need to keep talking about it. It has it has to stay relevant in some way or another. And for me, I'm kind of not I'm not torn, but like it, c- it can go two ways, right? Like for on one on one side, you can say that this whole um, like I guess m- I actually just learned this word meme meme tick meme tick fashion. Okay. Yeah. So <laughs> meme tick. Yeah, it's probably not a dictionary. 
but uh, it could either be you know the, the the people trying to keep the attention on this one Epstein uh, kind of situation, and uh-huh. then uh, keeping it there so no one's kind of like looking further. But on the other end, they're they're like really like pushing this. So those people are are continuously stay aware. Like uh, the uh, what was it? The congressman uh, just uh, just recently there was a Republican congressman. Um, I think it was like the first day of the impeachment trials where he sent out like a series of tr- of tweets. Yeah. And the first letter of every tweet, it spelled out, uh, and Epstein didn't kill himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw that. So it's like, which is good. Yeah. Um, that people are still talking about something. That's what I'm saying. I feel like because people are like, well, memes don't matter. I'm getting tired of those. But it's like, the people that were the the two people, the two millennials that asked me about it, were asking me about it because of the memes that were being posted. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's dude, like, memes are power, dude. It is. Pizzagate. Some dude ended up in a, sure. in a pizza shop with a shotgun. For right? sure. There's a lot of real world implications that come with memes and the way they grow and are, are, are able to exponentially, uh, I guess, increase the more, uh, what's the word I'm thinking of? I guess focus. And people are really trying right. to like, really get in on something like this yes because it's again with the cross-generational thing like there's like you know older people that are into memes i'm not gonna say i mean they're hilarious right right but the young kids like they're the ones that cultivate this right right and like i just learned the generational like so i think it goes so the youngest boomers are 55 Uh essentially the youngest gen x are 41 okay and then i believe millennials it's between like 23 or something 23 or 24 or okay. something like that then under that nobody cares yeah yeah it doesn't matter yeah uh but what, like gen z or something like that uh so with that with it being cross-generational there's so much attention being like integrated with this whole i mean it's such a bigger thing than just like this dude and this pedophile yes again, right yes so again with the memes like and the- I think though what needs to happen is like we do need to like unite around this you know and like you know, because the thing that I've been talking about is that these people in power get there because we vote them in you know but it's like you know I hear a lot of people your age are like well I'm not going to vote cuz like it doesn't matter anyway the problem is that the way the system was designed, it only works if this is why Thomas Jefferson pushed for free public education, because he believed that if the, the electorate wasn't educated, then they couldn't they couldn't move the system forward. Mm-hmm. And really what happens is, you know, there's a system of checks and balances between the branches of government. But ultimately, the checks and balances are supposed to be if you don't represent the will of the people, the people vote you out. But because politicians have realized that. They don't need. They only have to really reach a certain groups of people that would actually vote. So they just need to figure out how to manipulate those people. And everything they do is about running for re-election. You know, like, and everything's along party lines. And it's not like I mean, I'm definitely probably more left-leaning, but it doesn't matter because both sides are digging their heels in more now than ever, mm-hmm. and saying like I'm just gonna be on this side, and I, it doesn't matter what because. You know, like, I'm sure there's a ton of Republicans that don't agree with Trump, you know, in this, but they can't do anything about it because his base is so strong that they don't want to, they don't want to ruin their chances of getting reelected. So instead of doing what they believe in, and same thing with the, with the Democrats, I mean, there's plenty of issues there as well where they should stand up against, you know, like the DNC, the DNC Mm, again is mm -hmm. just trying to push, like with the Hillary Clinton thing, like Bernie Sanders should have been the candidate. He was the, the popular Opinion, and he was the, he won a bunch of the states, and they again just pushed this candidate through, and then you know she lost because yeah that went well yeah but you know what I'm saying it's mm-hmm. like but 
instead of people standing up against DNC at the time, I mean, even Bernie Sanders, like he he gave up and endorsed Clinton at the end. You know, it's like mm-hmm. people are so afraid to not be reelected or not, you know, that they're willing to like to compromise their beliefs. And that to me, that's not leadership. You know, leadership is saying, here's what I believe. This is what I think is right. Here's what the data says. We're going to, this is the decision we're going to make. And then we'll evaluate if we're wrong. We'll change our mind, but this is what we're going to try to do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's just, what we have is we have politicians. We don't have leaders. And that's the thing I've been saying is we need to, we need to establish more leaders and we need to have like, why, why are all of the politicians like lawyers and businessmen? Like where are the, you know, where are the hippies at? and the electricians, you know, and the teachers and the, you know, welders and like the, just the like middle-class middle America. Like why are, why are none of them in office? People that actually like live in the real society. Like, why are none of them in power? Because, like, these people that have no, they were always rich, you know, they've, mm-hmm. they have no connection to anything. They've never worked, you know, mm-hmm. a real job. They've always been a politician. Like, why are, why are we continuing to put those people back in office? We don't have enough money. Yeah, right? And that's what I'm saying. So someone like Jeff Merkley, who's one of the senators from Oregon, that guy has missed more votes in the Senate than anyone else. Like, why do we keep sending him there? Because no one knows. People don't know that. The average the average Oregonian probably doesn't even know who Jeff Merkley is. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, they don't know, they don't have any, and he's a Democrat, you know? So, I mean, he's going to be the Oregon's representative. But he shouldn't be because he misses more votes than any other senator. So that'd be like, basically, he's missing his job more than anyone else who does his job. And all those guys miss all the time, too. So, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. If that guy was working in a real job, he would get fired for not showing up to work. But because no one's paying attention to what's going on, he's able to do whatever he wants. It's getting scarier and scarier as time goes on because it feels like we're we don't have that kind of power as far as like being able to like like there's a lot there's so many people that don't know that Trump's in the impeachment process, right? Like tons, and so right. I think like the the more that uh, I guess the one percent is essentially uh, manipulating society uh, on like a surface level, it, it could be even deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, we will be less educated. We will have less power. We were, we're just not going to be able to do things that we want to do, which is, like, super scary. I think that's probably the, the scariest thing to come out of, like, uh, these powerful people staying in office for how long they've been staying in office. Right. Like, they're basically cultivating their own. Like, they're totally separate. They're a separate entity. Like, when I mean, their kids are probably born with a suit and tie kind of thing. Right. Well, my mom was pushing for term limits on, like, senators and Congress people mm. and just saying, you know, like, the president, like, they can only serve 12 years or eight years or whatever. And, and I, I mean, uh, I don't know, like, is that what's going to work? Cause I think for you, what you're, the point you make is, is about money. So how do we get people like actually good leaders, like military personnel, you know, that mm-hmm. that's, we're actually leaders in the military. How do we get them involved? Like, how do we get teachers and, you know, uh, counselors and, you know, like how do we just get like average Americans that are, you know, that excel in leadership skills. How do we get them involved? Could you imagine a, a lottery system where you just randomly get <laughs> you have like a, you yeah. got like five people, like two of them are kids. <laughs> you got like so you got your well, grandma. I mean, that's the thing I've been liking about Andrew Yang, you know, and why I think, and I don't even care about the thousand dollars a month. That's not, but for me, 
the big thing that I like about him is he seems to be the only candidate that's saying, hey, in five years from now, there's going to be self-driving trucks. So what's going to happen to all the truck drivers? You know, in five years from now, call centers are going to be extinct because there's going to be AI that can automation. Yeah. You know, and it's like, why is no one talking about that? And I want a leader who's actually thinking about progressive issues. Like, that's what I want. I want someone who's who's looking at the data and making decisions based on what the data says. Like trying to accurately interpret what the data says and then make decisions based on that. Like the fact that five years from now, a bunch of jobs may be automated that exist today. And what are we going to do? What are we going to do when we get to the point that automation basically takes out all our jobs? Then what? What are we going to do? Like if there's not enough jobs, but we don't really need to work, what's going to happen? What does society look like? It's a good plot for a movie. It is a good plot for a movie. But you know what I mean? Like, I want someone who's thinking about that, not thinking how do we create more jobs now. Mm -hmm. It's like how do we navigate into this new era that we're coming into, this industrial revolution that's happening. Like, what do we do with that? I want somebody that doesn't try to cover up some very sketchy pedophile international rings. Right. Because so many people that are, I mean, like, I'm sure Clinton... Yeah, I'm. I mean, I want Trump probably. Well, we can't like make accusations. You're not like. What are you gonna do, Clint? <laughs> I'm, I'm right here. Well, even like the Prince Andrew interview. Did you see that? Dude, that, that was. Did? I mean, it, rip his entire career. Everything. <laughs> I mean, they, I guess what? his publicist. Interview. So he was pushing to do that interview for a while. Okay. And his publicist finally said, "If you do that, I quit." Like I'm not. No gonna, way. Yeah. So they quit, and then he did that interview. I did not oh, know that. The interview what? was just terrible. That was I mean, really just bad. terrible. One thing um, that I did want to mention, too, is that this this whole Epstein case sort of also... It's funny because we're talking about like some pretty controversial... Yeah, like yeah. We're, we're definitely like not... This is not ranked the top five WWE <laughs> right no. now. But, uh, you know, this kind of hits on the whole Me Too movement mm. as well. You know, I mean, this is sort of like men, people are getting exposed, you know, the Harvey Weinstein and... Kevin Spacey and all these other people and this is sort of in line with that one thing that I have noticed too and this is a super unpopular opinion I'm sure but is that the the Me Too movement is starting to get weaponized where there's this and Rogan's been talking about the cancel culture for a while and how it's like you know if you don't agree especially with the left which is crazy because I'm left leaning and growing up like the left was always like the the tolerant side and the side that was like seeking to understand mm-hmm. and, like, and now it's like if you don't believe what we say, you're wrong and we're going to cancel you. And it's like, what the? It's super weird. But anyway, one of the things I've noticed, the Me Too movement, this is a dumb example, but Survivor right now, the TV show that's on. One of the things that happened there was they had a guy on the tribe, an older guy, that was kind of, he was a creeper. Like he was like cuddle with people in the in the shelter and stuff. And they were like, the some of the younger girls were feeling uncomfortable. So they like went to the, the producers about it. And the producers, like, talked to everybody, you know, like, hey, talked to everybody so he wouldn't feel like he was being, like, put out by himself. Right. But anyway, then it comes they tr- it comes to find out, so there's this older lady that's on the show. They all kind of confide in her. So she confronts the guy, like, hey, man, these girls are feeling uncomfortable. What's going on? And she decides she's going to vote him out. I know it's dumb. But she decides, let's just vote him out, and then we don't have to worry about it. So, like, the plot turns or whatever. And it turns out that some of the younger girls just said that to try to get 
to like cause chaos oh, in the camp okay. and get someone else voted out. And so they were really like weaponizing the Me Too movement. And I do start to, s- I'm starting to see examples of that in real life, not just Survivor. But I'm starting to see where it's almost going so far the other way that they're like weaponizing the Me Too movement. And I'm a huge supporter. I think it's great. The Me Too movement, power and women's awesome. I love them. But I, I also think that we have to make sure that with that, it's not like it's not going over and like crushing people when it shouldn't. They shouldn't be crushed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I have seen some of that where it's almost like because there's like the finally women are in this place where people are recognized and respecting their power. Like, yes, you know, it can almost become like. You can almost become like out of. I don't want to say out of hand because that makes it sound like I'm going to stay in your place. I'm not saying that, but like we just have to be really careful that we're not using that as a weapon. Mm. As far as like them coming forward, though. Oh yeah, no. Very, very. I mean, that's, yeah, that's we great. Need that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not. I'm not saying that at all. I'm no, saying yeah. that like if like in that situation where they didn't feel that way, but they knew that by saying that they could potentially. M- improve their position Mm. that's not good no you know saying things that aren't true in order to improve your position so i'm just saying like we just we shouldn't weaponize because then it becomes like once like with the disease and sorry thing like he got called out for me too movement and kind of turns out that wasn't really the case you know what i mean so it kind of damaged his career a little bit but then at the same time it's like everyone's like well why is she saying that if that's not really true and then it can become a thing where now the victims aren't being believed because a couple of people came forward and they weren't being honest. So I'm just saying that I think that it needs to be something that's handled delicately and carefully. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And respected for what it is and not, not, not used to benefit yourself. If that makes sense. No. Yeah. I, I just wanted to touch back on the, the Prince Andrew thing. Yeah. Yeah. By yeah. Him, uh, what was it about he, like he wasn't able to dance because he was sweating or he's un, he, he was incapable of yeah, sweating. Yeah, he said he was incapable of sweating. Because he got uh, something about adrenaline when he got shot at or some some, some more that probably didn't exist. Yeah. But the thing was like, you would die. Yeah. You, you Like your body <laughs> needs to cool down. I yes. think that was so fun. Like that's hilarious. Like while, like out of all the things you could have said. Yeah. That whole interview is super awkward so, and I don't know why he did it. Yeah, because I don't like, did they have picture proof of you, dude? Like, he said he no recollection. Like yeah. we have literally pics at one like, of the houses yeah. that you own. Like, come on, buddy. Yeah, that was pretty crazy. Um, but overall, I mean, I don't even know what we what the takeaway is. I think the takeaway is that we need to keep having these conversations. Ask them questions. And the other thing, I don't. R- Rogan had Tulsi Gabbard and Jocko on his pod yesterday, and Tulsi's running for um, president. She's a congresswoman from Hawaii. And Jocko's an ex Navy SEAL, and they're both um, veterans. So anyway, they well, were they were talking yesterday, kind of about how you can have political differences, like it's okay, mm-hmm. and you can still like each other, mm-hmm. you can still be friends. And I think, and the the having discussions about the direction of the country, and being able to disagree but still have the conversations is important. That's how you move forward. Yeah. It's so unhealthy to be a brick wall and not absorb anything that the other party's saying because it's like... And that's one of the things in The Greatest Hack, which, again, I can't... It's, it's really good. It's I'll on watch Netflix. It I'll watch it. It's on Netflix. Really good. Probably not a good Thanksgiving as we head into Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's probably not a super Thanksgiving-y. But uh, 
you know, one of the things that she talks about, so I can't remember what her name is, but she was like high, high up, like maybe second or third in command at Cambridge Analytica. And she was saying, you know, like the techniques they would use to divide the countries. So they tested out on third world countries first. They tried these like campaigns to see if they could get people to do what they wanted to do. And then once they figured out that they could make it work, then they used it. The Trump campaign used it to help him get the last little bit he needed to be able to become president. But one of the things she said is that Russia was actively creating Facebook accounts and groups in the United States that opposed each other. So they would have like a, a Black Lives Matter Facebook group and then a Blue Lives Matter Facebook group. And they would set up events at the same time in the same place so that those two groups would show up together and have conflict. And so what she said is that this is what they call it psyops, like psychological operatives. It's like what they do in the military to help. Like it's what the CIA uses in, you know, military situations and in foreign governments when they're trying to topple foreign governments. This is these are the this is like the playbook they use. And it was being used in the United States against Americans. It's insane, wow. bro. So, and it, and the video that or the documentary video is not like it was seventy, but the documentary is incredible because you know she was the first one that brought the idea to me that data is the most valuable commodity in the world. It's more valuable than oil now. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and it's definitely. Like, Whoa, you know when she said that, I was like, man, that's crazy. And to see her, you know, because she was just like a random, she worked on the Obama campaign before she was working at Cambridge Analytica, but she really understood how to use, like, the, she really understands, like, Facebook ads, social media, like, she understood how to how to really manipulate that space, and so she became, like, this huge part of this company because she was so good at what she did, and, um, yeah, man, it's it's really crazy to see, like, how much people are working, at, you know, how much people are working to divide Americans to continue to stay in power. The social media manipulation. I, uh, I mean, what, I mean, there could be going right now. Yeah. Like there's something that we wouldn't even know. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like these, like they, she was saying, like the black lives matter and the blue lives matter groups that were being created. That was just one example. She right, was saying like right. any, any like opposing groups could be in, you know, could be, but like, yeah, those were Russian run Russian created groups and no one knew that it's not like people knew that those groups had been created and were being run by Russian you know operatives it was just done like oh yeah I'm, I believe in Black Lives Matter or yeah I believe in Blue Lives Matter and then they joined the group and then you know it's crazy what'd you say it was called again I think it's called the greatest hack the greatest hack let me, let me double check yeah yeah because that's probably I don't want I've said it like five times so that's not the right thing but it's it's scary. Like the whole thing made me feel, yeah. The great oh wait, the great hack. The great my hack. bad, okay. my bad. The great hack. Hmm. It made me like, and I'm huge on social media. I, I mm-hmm. love social media, and I think I think the internet as a whole is a win. You know, mm-hmm. what I mean, I Definitely. think that the the power to communicate at scale is is you know, there's so much positive potential there. But I also get worried about stuff like this. When you see, like, oh, man, people are just being manipulated. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's scary. It puts know? it in perspective, too, just how much power these, like, corporations have. Like, like I think Facebook bought some kind of, was, like, Fitbit or something. So now they have, like, 
billions of health inf information. Right. Like, what, what could people do with that? You right. know, like there's so many uh, like smaller things like WhatsApp or whatever that are getting bought out. And then like all those users and stuff, all that's just getting integrated into their system. Like the amount of, I mean, essentially the government knows literally everything about you. Right, right. there, there's like uh, little, I guess they're not little, but there's like these uh, Bluetooth kind of, um, I don't want to say towers, but I mean, essentially what it does is attract you, attracts you with everything. It knows uh, what time you went to the store, right? What hour you were at, what item you were looking at, how long you were looking at it for. So all these like random ad, like ads and stuff you get on your Instagram and whatever from things you just said that earlier that day. Like let's say you said something about like a package of like bread, right? Later on in that day, you will get an ad for that specific bread. And it's mm -hmm. like, and that's, and what's weird is that people are getting used to that. We're getting way too comfortable with like these things basically knowing everything about us. Mm -hmm. Or like, I feel, I feel like at least a little bit of an anonymity. 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 Sounds like an anemone. <laughs> Uh, I think that's important. That's super important, especially now. And like, it, but it's so difficult to it's get away not, from something like that. Yeah, it's, Dude, not it's, even a, it's impossible. Well, and the crazy thing is, so like, I, I, Brian Redband and Rogan were talking about this on his podcast once. They were talking about how Facebook tracks like all of your stuff that you do, like wherever you go and whatnot. And then he was talking about, you know, because like when you get a new app, like you know, you're trying to sign up for a service, something will say like, connect yeah, with your yeah. Facebook, right? And you do it because it's so easy. Like, so oh, yeah, easy. Click this button. Oh, but yeah, of course. The problem is that now Facebook has all that data. They probably own that app, too. Yeah, you know what I mean? And it's like, and I'll even, the crazy thing is I will think that. I'll like, oh, okay, here's this thing. I'm like, oh, I should just, and it's literally like I should put in my own email address. And But the thing is that Facebook has, the algorithm is pulling that information, too. And everything that my, that email address is tied to, it's getting data on all that stuff, too. Um, you know, and one of the things from the great hack, now that I got the name right, the great hack was she was saying, I think it was somebody in there was saying that, you know, like, you know how they were having those quizzes on your, on oh, Facebook yeah, see, like, yeah, which Harry Potter house yeah. are you in or, you know, which superhero would you be? So basically what was happening was they were collecting data on people. So, so would, easy. It's they like they would ask them a couple questions that they really wanted to know what's about. What's your mom's last name? Yeah, no, not what's like, your, like what's your credit card number? It would be like, you know, how do you handle stress? You know, because in, you know, you're thinking, "Oh, well they're trying to figure out whether I'm Gryffindor or Hufflepuff." But really they're trying to figure out like how do we uh, what advertisements do we put in front of you? So, but then the crazy part about it was so you you and I are Facebook friends, right? And I was, I would never use, do any of those. I was like, I'm not doing, right. you know. I'm not going to post that. Yeah. Well, and I'm not even going to do it. I'm not going <laughs> to do, you know, which Star Wars character are you? I'm just not doing I'm it. not Yoda. Right. Yeah. It'd be super bummed. Oh, man, I'm in Slytherin. <laughs> Come on, I'm dude. a bad guy. Anyway, but here's the craziest part about it was you and I are Facebook friends and you love doing those things. So you do them all the time. The crazy thing about how those apps were written was that if you did them, even though I didn't do them because you and I were friends, it had access to my data too. Wow. Because you did it. Wow. So you, wow. You've thrown a lot of people under the bus if you're doing that. You hear oh, that? A ton. <laughs> Don't do that. Yeah, so tests. just be so you could find out that you're in freaking Ravenclaw, you now screwed over all your friends. So yeah, it's crazy. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm saying. Like, people should definitely watch that documentary because it's eye opening, like, how data is being used against us and how and, and i think instead of being like you know oh i hate millennials or baby boomers or whatever like we just start saying you know who i hate are those clowns that stay in power that are not good leaders they're only looking out for themselves you know we didn't remove those people 
You know, and I'm sounding like the older I get, I'm like the old man, like, you know, like the rebel <laughs> rouser. But I mean, I do think it's like, yeah, man, we need more like just normal average Americans running the country, making decisions because Wouldn't that be nice? the way it is right now, it's like, it's ridiculous. And the, it just continues to get worse. And it's, I mean, it's been bad and it doesn't matter who's in power. It's not like, oh, well, I don't agree with President Trump. I don't agree with any of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I think they all... They're all not good leaders. They're all just politicians trying to get reelected. Mm-hmm. Kind of sucks to think about that. Like, it doesn't really matter if we get someone that we want in office because what are they going to do? Like, it's, right. not, it's not like they suddenly have all the power. Right. You know, there's so many different, like, areas that will push back against something like that. So, again, like, okay, this is this is my personal opinion, but I think, like, the, our government isn't, like, the government. I feel like there's a, I don't want to say shadow government, but there's something yeah. definitely pulling the strings on the other end something that we can't see. So all of this is like... Um, so, but even with that, though, when the people push back, they do cave. You know, there's been times where they've made a decision and there was enough people that are like, no, this is not okay. And then, you know, miraculously, they change their mind or we're going to put it off. And, they, you know, they downplay it and like, oh, we didn't really mean that. We were just kidding. But it does happen, but it takes everybody together like with the epstein thing which is how we started the whole freaking podcast with the epstein thing like if enough people continue to demand that's that this be investigated someone will keep looking yes. into it you know but the problem in what the government not the or whoever somebody is invested in us not talking about it and so they're hoping that it just goes away and so that's why i think it is important that's and I was going to mention this, too. It's kind of like the Internet culture. Like, the Internet was kind of built on snarky resistance. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, we're just not... For some reason, I've been on YouTube the last couple of days watching this guy that he lets scammers call him, and then he gets he connects to their computer and deletes all their files. But, like, that's sort of how the Internet has always been, right? Like, don't try to pull one over on me like Anonymous, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they'll stand up for people that are getting bullied or being treated wrong, and they'll, you know, attack back, you know, they'll hit the people that are causing the issues. And it's like, it seems like that's kind of how the internet always has been. And that's like, instead of as powerful people try to constrict the internet, it's important that people still keep like, because I don't know that they could restrict the government because there's, or I mean restrict the internet because there's so many smart people that already know how to like, you know, it's like pirating movies. Like mm-hmm. they know how to do that. So even if you try to restrict their access to things or lock them down, or limit, I just think they're going to be able to work around it. Yeah, there's no just, way. I mean, when it was first being created, there was a lot. There's so much push against it. So much because they knew if once this was out, it's out. There's no possible way for yeah. them to actually get all that back. You in. can't put Pandora back in the box. Yeah, yeah, back yeah. In the bottle exactly, or exactly. Yeah. So. Could you imagine no internet? We grew up with the internet. That's what's even crazy. You grew up with the internet. I grew. I'm old enough that I did research projects in encyclopedias. So don't be saying we grew up. What was no? Because okay, it was uh, when did it start? Ninety four ish. Yeah, ninety three. Yeah, no, I know. Oh, I guess I was. I was a junior in high school. So whoa. Yeah, that's how old I am. Crazy. Yeah. So anyway, so I don't even really know. What the conversation like? Where do we go with this? What is like? Was there anything that we that uh, we didn't talk about? Oh, I guess we. Um, I guess one of the reasons why Epstein was being or why people are so, um, I guess, uh, curious and want to know more about the Epstein case is how he died. 
the suicide. Oh, the, right. right like, Duh, we didn't even, <laughs> we didn't even mention like, the biggest point at all. Uh, so they said that it was a suicide, right? And I mean, there is like studies that show when you're a convicted sex offender coming up to your trial that there the, the rates of suicide are a little bit higher. Right. Um, and as far as him goes being in the public eye, like, I mean, it's not, it would, you don't want to say it wasn't, right? But like, the way he died, like, I believe his brother hired uh, mm-hmm. somebody to really look into something like this. It's the uh, doctor who ran, he, was, he had an HBO show called Autopsy. You're kidding. No. I did not know that. Yeah, so, but the interesting thing is that supposedly he broke his... Hyoid? Yeah, hyoid. Hyoid bone, which is like super rare for someone that commits suicide. It's more a sign of someone... Being have, strangled. Yeah, being yeah. strangled. So... And he was found injured previously, before... I believe so. In August was when he passed away, right? And right. but in July or sometime on July twenty-fourth or something, he was actually found there. He supposedly tried to kill himself at that point. Yes, too. and under suicide watch was yeah. transferred. Um, felt uncomfortable with whoever he was with. They what did you see that guy? No, you can Google his. Uh, the guy he was with in that. Yeah, <laughs> dude. He's, so he was an ex-cop that turned bad. Like he killed. He killed. Whoa. I think four people in a drug deal gone bad. But he's yoked, dude. He's like professional wrestler yoked. Like oh, just wow. massive, dude. Yeah. So anyway, that's his his soulmate. But <laughs> but it's interesting because okay, so and that's the thing that is so suspicious. So he was on suicide watch, but he the, his roommate had been removed, so it was just him in there by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, the guards were on the internet, which I believe I believe the oh, guards yeah. are probably on the yeah. internet and sleeping. That sounded realistic to me. And it was funny because I was reading about that, and they were like. Oh, we're just getting scapegoated, which is probably true. But at the same time, I'm like, you were on the internet yeah. sleeping and, and lying were, about the checks you were making. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They lied. They falsified those records, and they were supposed to check on them like every 30 minutes or right. whatever. And like, I mean, but it, to me, isn't it interesting that the story coming out of the Epstein case is that the guards didn't do their job? Yeah. Instead of uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> not that the video stopped working and that the roommate was or the cellmate was moved out of there like the the mm. big issue is that these guards were lying like that's the they're issue just trying to divert their attention or something of course that's they like are and that's to me that's the bigger issue mm-hmm. and i think that's why it is important so you know i pushed back when my mom was like who cares it's not a big deal like well it is a big deal mm-hmm. like why would they want to hide something like this right why why would they well, w- everyone what? knows why everyone knows why exactly because exactly he's gonna expose powerful people so I whether think he wanted to or not i think it's just a little bit like, like ignorance just assume that like I mean, it's a possibility to definitely commit suicide. Right, because even I mean, if he didn't say, oh, the so-and-so and so-and-so, if they had the evidence, the footage, like, that would expose people. You know, like, there's, as soon as that's entered into evidence, that would expose people. So there was definitely a lot of powerful people that were, that had a vested interest in him not talking and that, that not going to trial. So I think that's a, I think that's a big issue. Mm-hmm. He's a weird dude. Uh, there was uh, I was reading about uh, <laughs> he was trying to get he was essentially he was like he would host the parties. People would come through, right? right. And they were like, okay, I have this project, and they want uh, finances for it. And he'd be like, okay, well, so he was basically like uh, dangling finances for these people. And there's uh, there's few that was just like there was one where he wanted to do um, something new with AI. Uh, he wanted to have you heard of transhumanism. No. So it's essentially like. Um, it's like human computer hybrid or something. Yeah, it's like it's like uh, pushing the envelope of what evolution is, right? Mm-hmm. So they're like it kind of not in, not goes in, goes with like gen like genetical ma- manipulation kind of thing, but it's okay. more like um, like he wanted to impregnate impregnate like multiple women at the same oh, time. Oh yeah, yeah, with the sperm. I did hear that. Yeah, like yeah. just just weird stuff like that. Like yeah. just super like why would you want to do? I guess what what is, what, is this all topic? But what's the what is it when you have a bunch of wives? 
Polygamy. Polygamy. But like in a super weird way. Yeah, but he didn't want to even marry them. He just wanted them to. Like, his baby was freaking yeah. weird, dude. Well, in your jeans. Well, and the weird thing is, like, why wouldn't he want to just have? Se- I th- my thought was like, okay, so wait, he wanted to have sex all the time. Why wouldn't he just have sex with a bunch of women and try to get them pregnant? It was weird because uh, yeah, exactly. But he wanted to he uh, he wanted to have him in his uh, at his ranch for like his base of operations yeah. and just have like a weird kind yeah. of like cultish. Uh, yeah, like a ranch, like yeah. <laughs> like a legit farm. Like yeah, a exactly. Farm. <laughs> I mean, it's so weird. And that's what I'm saying, but, like, I don't know. I don't really even know how to wrap this up or, like, end the conversation. I do think that we do need more people to be aware of what's going on. And there's enough information out there for reputable, you know, through Mm -hmm. reputable sources to, like, really talk about what's going on. I don't trust the news. I don't ever watch the news. Don't watch the news. I don't think either one, like Fox News or CNN, MSN. Fox News. But I'm saying like, no, I'm saying like, but okay, that's all Fox News, but you're trying to tell me CNN isn't biased? CNN? MSNBC? You know what I mean? Oh, come on. All of them. them. Don't watch those. Don't watch the... Corporate, you know, NBC and ABC. Even your local ones. Right. There was like that one video where it showed like 50 different recordings all, all in same, different same states, thing. same exact thing. Crazy. All because they're all under one um, umbrella company. Yes. And like, why would we just automatically assume that's the news? That's true. Like, again, question everything. Right. Stay educated. Yeah. You have the resources. And so, yeah, the resources are out there. I mean, people, uh, yeah. We should probably do a pod on like sources we use to like get. Oh, I mean, yeah. I've, I've talked a lot about Rogan's pod. It's where I get a lot of good information. But like, we probably should have other sources too and i think tyler would love it if you did a conspiracy, a conspiracy. i would love that that would we be should. we should because there's a lot of things that i mean <laughs> i was thinking of everything <laughs> off the top of my head man we can go on for hours on that now we are going to get back to like the more fun stuff here yes soon. yes so it won't be dark maybe we'll and we'll put epstein yeah away. yeah put him away and then uh because i think i don't upcoming i know we're going to do the christmas special where we're going to rank the top Christmas movies of all time, but I don't know if that one's coming next. We might do one more and then do that mm, one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it will be lighter. It won't be so. We're gonna be laughing. It won't be such a downer. Yeah. But I did feel like it was important to talk no, about this. No, definitely, it definitely is. Important. And I thought it was important to bring up to raise the issue to do our part to like continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, this wasn't a meme, right? We didn't. No. You know, we although our we talked about memes, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and our our pot art's gonna be dope, <laughs> but. But that doesn't mean, like, now we're having the long-form conversation about it. You know, and we're talking about what, you know. I mean, I think what should happen is they should really they should get an impartial investigator and that take a look so at, nice. at all this, you know. And they should continue to look into the footage. and the, You know, because, like, the Attorney General Barr was like, oh, yeah, I saw the footage. No one went into the cell. So, okay, well, how come we can't see the footage? Let me see it, Barr. Yeah. Well, and, and let me see it right now. Like, don't send it off to get doctored and, you know, edited. I, I don't need that. Let me see. Let me see the footage now. There's, uh, I was just about to say, have you seen that? Uh, it's it's a new technology um, for videos. And what they're doing is they're they're putting faces on other people's faces. Yeah, deep fakes. Deep fakes. That yeah. stuff is insane. It's crazy. It's insane. And that's just like, that's just like, um, like general they're like, just having fun with it right now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, who knows what they're doing on the back end of things? You mm-hmm. know, like that. I mean, they can do literally anything they want. Right. That's just crazy. Well, and so, and Rogan was mentioning that issue too. I feel like I'm just like 
hyping up Rogan's podcast, <laughs> but you know, he was talking about this issue of deep fakes too, and just how, you know, like it's scary because you could. I mean, there was one with Obama, like talking, and you know, you could make the president of the United States say whatever you want. Like you could have Trump now; he's giving enough speeches and setting enough words. You can have him say whatever you want. Like I hate North Korea. I'm sure they could do a deep mm-hmm. fake with that. And what he was saying is, we're going to get to a point where video isn't enough mm-hmm. because it's not reliable; it can be altered. You know, so you're going to look and be like, mm, I don't know if that's really true when you see it. Because now, like, if you here it is, here's a video of it. You just believe it. Like, yes. oh, I saw it on video. Yes. But he, you know, there is probably in the near future coming where that's Very not going to be the case. Well, I guess we'll see what happens when we get there. Because yeah. that's going to be. Because I mean, you, I know you can go into the like the coding and stuff, and then see like certain areas that were manipulated. Um, but I mean, that's just that's if you have the technology, right. if you have the resources, and if you know like how that. to do it. Yeah, exactly. And so, for the most part, a lot of people one don't really read the news, you know. So like when they see mm-hmm. a video like that, boom, immediately. Like it's going to be very difficult for to kind of change their mind on something like that. Like no, 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 that video was fake. What do you mean that video was fake? Right. You know. Right. Yeah, scary times for sure. It'll be good pod, I'm not But you know, scary times just means that it's more important for us to yes, more than make sure we're paying attention. And I really do think, you know, and and I'm sure historians could argue that oh, Thomas Jefferson didn't really believe in you know public education for that. But I mean, that is the way it would work if people are educated. Then they could, you know, because like I mean, and I don't know anything about Jeff Merkley's policies, but to me, I'm like, if you don't show up to your work, you to your job. You get fired. Bottom line, if you're going to miss more than anybody else, you deserve to get fired. You know? And I think if more people were aware of stuff like that, they'd be pissed too. Because they know, like, listen, if anybody listening to this pod, if they just stop going to their job or they miss more than anybody else, they're going to get in trouble. So why are we letting this, these people just do whatever they want, not show up to stuff, you know, and get away with it? But. I mean that's part of it. That's what else can we do? Run for office. We need people to there start we running go. for office. We need people to start um, start start with local. Like you know, get on your school board or your water commission or whatever, and then work your way up. Like we need we need people that are leaders to start giving a shit. You know what I mean? And a lot of times, what has happened in this country is because the problems are so big. And this is what my because I was telling my mom this for a long time. Like. It's so defeating because the problems are so massive. Yes. You look and go, well, what can I do? It, what can me in this little freaking yeah. little corner of the world, what can I do to actually enact change? But that's it. Like, if, yeah. if they want everybody to feel that way. In, mm. And if everyone feels that way, then no one is motivated to do anything. It's very difficult to not be pessimistic about something like this. Exactly. Exactly. But that's what they that's, that's what that they want, them, man. That does them a favor. You know, we need people to be like, you know what? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna run for office. I'm gonna do this. Would you I'm vote for me? That. I don't know if I'd vote for Come you. Come on, I have to do that. I think I think What for what though? President. President? You wanna vote for me? Who's who are you running against? No. <laughs> that would matter. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't matter. Maybe run against the rock, no way. No way. <laughs> Shoot, if you run against the rock, you'd vote for the rock. <laughs> <laughs> I'd go up there to give my speech and here's the rock. I mean it would be interesting. Yeah, I, I mean I would vote for you probably just because I know you, but Thanks, I mean, dude. I appreciate that. I don't know. I would want to see you start at the school board or something first. 
Oh, instead of just going straight for presidency. Yeah. That's fair. I'd want to see. So like, you can see what I got. Yeah. Okay. Like, are you going to make good decisions? You know, like Mayor Pete right now, like he's got all this buzz, but like people in his town are not happy. Like, I mean, is he ready to be the president if he's not doing a good job as a mayor? Probably not. Probably not. Can the mayor? I'm gonna, yeah, I guess the mayor has some power. Yeah, dude. I mean, he's, he's in charge of the city. To what extent? He's making decisions. Like, I mean, yeah. controls the budget, you know. I mean, he's hiring city officials, like top city officials. Like, yeah, for sure. You should be a mayor. No. Why not? I don't know. It's, it's just not you. I would rather, like, be a support system. I don't want to be, you know, I don't know. I'd rather support the people that are doing good work. Support those good people. That's why I do think, like, okay, so Tulsi Gabbard, I think people should check her out. My friend Matt McGann was, like, all about her. Like, oh, I want to give money to her campaign. I listened to most of the pod, and I was in. Like, I do think she's reasonable. She's fair. Things she does make sense. I still think Andrew Yang is the most progressive as far as – I'm not talking about social policy. I'm talking about he's the most progressive economically. He's the one thinking about, hey, guess what? The world is changing, and, like, the economy is going to shift. And eventually, it's going to be like Ready Player One, I think, where people aren't really working. I remember when I saw that movie, I was like, how would that ever happen? The book like, is amazing. How could people just play video games all day? But you know Me? what? Well, yeah. But I mean, saying like, <laughs> and live. Right, right. But I, I mean, I think there's a there's a possibility that could be reality. When, when robots are doing the majority of our jobs... Dude, I wouldn't be opposed to being in a VR world where you make currency in there and you do. I mean, that sounds very like, <laughs> but I would actually, because it's definitely a possibility for that something like that to happen where totally agree. You're completely engrossed in another world essentially because you don't want to be in the world you're actually living in. Right. Yeah. So anyway, I don't. Now we're getting we're just <laughs> on tangents. I'm trying to end the freaking podcast, then you start. We start talking about deep fakes. So yeah. Anyway, all right. So we'll be back. I don't know. In a little bit, in a little at bit, at some point, talking about something much more positive and uplifting than the death of a pedophile. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, as know, we laugh, Jesus. I know, right? And Epstein didn't kill himself. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just said it. I just bombed our own podcast. <laughs> anyway, all right. Anything else to say? Uh, no, but thank you for having me. Well, oh, actually, one more thing. Yeah. Is there a Thanksgiving movie? Uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. I've, n- I've never heard of that movie. In my yeah. Life. John Candy, Steve Martin. It's a 1980s movie. It's it's really good. Did you have that? Huh? You had no hesitation with that. You knew yeah, because there's not very many. Okay. Like, that's it. That's, that's the fair. one. And, you know, I think about, I spend too much time thinking about dumb things. Like, what's the best Thanksgiving movie of all time? And that's probably <laughs> it. So, if you're looking for a Thanksgiving movie tomorrow... And a lot of people your age have not seen it. And a lot of people, I mean, Steve Martin's still alive, but John Candy died mid-90s, so people know he's so funny. Hmm. Oh, my gosh. And the movie is incredible. It's really funny. Um, Yeah, so you should check it out. Steve Martin plays a guy trying to get back to his family for Thanksgiving. And anyway, hijinks ensue. There we go. Really funny. That's good to know. You hear that? Yeah. There is a Thanksgiving movie. There is. Planes, trains, and automobiles. All right, anything else? No, that's it. All right, man. Hey, thanks. Thanks.